Hi, everyone. It is season two of the Let It Be podcast. I'm your host, Becky Sigenfus. Join my friends and me as we share conversations about little things, big things, all the things. This is your time. So whatever you have to do, let it go, let it wait, let it be. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Let It Be podcast. For those of you who listen regularly, you know that I share stories of all kinds and I share them as they come to me. And for the last few weeks, we have rather unintentionally revisited topics that rose to the surface a little over a year ago. If you've missed any of these, go back and especially listen to Annie Huber, a counselor who talked to us about how the pandemic has greatly impacted mental health in the last year and Karen Anderson, who shared a very vulnerable conversation around the pro-choice and pro-life movements. Today, we are investing in another one of these conversations. In the last 10 to 12 months, we've experienced greater racial tension in our country than I know I have ever been exposed to in my lifetime. And since my sister and brother-in-law just happened to be in town, I asked if they would be willing to join in on the conversation and share their experience as a biracial couple. So the gang's all here. Hi, guys. Welcome. So why don't we just start by introducing yourselves. Carrie, I've known you for, geez, like over 20 years now. (laughs) Um, And Ray entered our family. How many years have you, like, have you guys been together? Oh, like three, married? three and a half. Well, yeah. so, so maybe known each other for uh, a long time, right? Since, since 2007 is when we first met. Yeah. But you didn't know him. No. So no. you probably met him in 2017. Wow. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you met. Um, obviously, I've already exposed our cards that you guys are a biracial couple. So why don't you share how you met and then um, kind of where you live and what you're doing and family and all the things. And then we'll get into the conversation. Um, uh, we met in Bethlehem. Carrie was going to. Uh, That's very spiritual, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Thank you. <laughs> um. And we met over um, Ultimate Frisbee. Uh, there was a young oh. adult group that was getting together every Sunday after church to play Ultimate Frisbee. And I remember the first time I saw her and I was like, dude, she's cool. I <laughs> remember your <laughs> Ultimate Frisbee days. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. We yeah. played. I do remember that. Yeah. So you guys met there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then. So we became good friends. Uh, that was 2007. So, um, yeah. So we just became really good friends over the last few like the last over those next few years is what right. I'm trying to say. And then um Ray moved from Pennsylvania to Moody. Yeah. Um in Chicago to uh start seminary and about a year later um in 2010 I moved to uh Tanzania um as a missionary that's in East Africa. And right before I left, Ray, who had never given any inclination that he cared <laughs> anything more for me other than a friend, he called me and asked me, he called me from Chicago to ask me if he could pursue me through writing letters while I was in Africa. And I prayed about it and I said no, um, that I wanted to continue being friends. 
And yeah, so we did for the, my first term, which was three years. And then I came home. Can I just continue? Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember this. Like, it's like, oh, it's bringing back such good memories. Okay. <laughs> Bad memories for me. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so I came home um, after three years away and I was really excited to see him because I had never seen him since he had declared his love for me. And, um, <laughs> and uh, then he texted me to say, never mind. He didn't say never mind, but he said, you know what? I can no longer continue being in contact with you. He didn't give any explanation, but what I call, he went into the black hole of silence for seriously three years. I remember. Ray, I remember this. So I was part of your story. You didn't even know it. (laughs) Because I knew you. You used to know me. Yeah. So anyway, so he did that three years. I would send him emails because that's what we did. We were friends. He would never write back. I asked, why are you not talking to me? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so um, I went back to Tanzania for another term. And he was in Chicago, presumably, although he never talked to me. But <laughs> I, I sense like a root of bitterness here that we might need to flesh out on a different podcast. We might. We might. <laughs> no, I have forgiven him. So <laughs> anyway, but I, the thing was, he was like always, on, not always, but he was on my heart. And, um, you know, as a single woman, you're thinking like, there's no solid Christian guys around here. And you think back into your past. And I remembered Ray, like he loved the Lord. He loved discipleship. Um, he was a servant. And anyway, so I just thought about him a lot. And so I just started praying about it eventually and um, had some of my team members pray with me. And um, so uh, kind of just a last ditch effort, I kind of felt some peace from the Lord to send him another email to ask if he would consider um, pursuing a relationship again. Um, and he actually read that email. So that was in 2016. Mm. And he wrote back, <laughs> and the first line said, I love you. <laughs> yes, it did. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh. You, don't, you don't beat around the bushes. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. So were you, This we are totally rabbit trailing off of where this conversation is going ahead, <laughs> but I'm just interested in asking. Were, what were you doing in that black hole? Were you like praying for her, over her? No, I would say. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. Yeah. Um, How'd you get to like no communication to I love you? Well, okay, to give some context. Um, so when she said no, I um, thought, okay, well, let's just be friends. But in the back of my mind, I've heard other christian stories of like no they were the guy pursued her she said no they were friends and then eventually they got together so that was kind of in the back of my mind okay you know yeah um so it wasn't like hey let's just be friends just to be friends that was not done with like integrity you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. so when we would talk it would always be this like longing of like more okay. and i think one time we did Skype and I was just like it just came out of nowhere I was just like so are you sure we can't be in a relationship and she's like no didn't we already talk about this <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like Ugh. and um, but part of that was not because of how I felt about him as a person it was because I felt like called to missions in rural right. Tanzania rural yeah. village and he was in an urban Chicago environment I knew nothing about right and yeah. and as far as you knew at that time you didn't know that God would bring you back to the states no yeah, yeah. no I was 
yeah, just didn't know. So, so you guys ended up reconnecting and it was, your relationship really took off pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 I came home in 2017 in the winter and for another home assignment. Um, but then we started dating and we got engaged like, like a few months. Well, I mean, we got married in a few months later. So, and so it was all long distance, except for like the time when you were just friends doing life together on the ultimate Frisbee field. Yeah. Cause yeah, even awesome. when I got home, I was wow. in Pennsylvania yeah. and you were in Chicago. So. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. That, so it's funny, but this is going to lead into our conversation. Mm. I remember when my friends who kind of only know who you are through Facebook pictures and Instagram posts and things through family first saw pictures of you two together. And of course, what was their first question? <laughs> they thought, everybody thought I married a Tanzanian. Exactly. Like, <laughs> did she meet him in Africa? <laughs> so that leads into this conversation mm-hmm. because your family is actually from, from Haiti. Haiti. Yeah. How many generations removed? Um, Just one. My mom was born in Haiti. Oh, your mom was well, born in Haiti. Mom and dad were born in Haiti, yeah. Okay. So I guess that would make me first generation. I forget what that term is, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, right, because yeah. both your parents are Haitian. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so this conversation really came out of what we were just talking about last night and the the few days that you have been here, because obviously last summer was a huge. Everyone that was living in the United States was having a conversation around all of the racial tension that was going on, mm-hmm. and yeah. because we lead a church. Um, it kind of caused us to look at the whole conversation and uh, relationships through a different lens for uh, maybe the first time, honestly, where the, the pressure of mm. we've, we really need to do this right and to do it well. Mm-hmm. And we've had conversations on this podcast about the racial tension. Um, but here we are almost a year later and I wanted to get your perspective, Ray, because you follow Jesus Mm. and you have brought such wisdom into our family and brought such a perspective into our family that I think is worth hearing. So as we kind of dive into this, what has been, let me just open up between the two of you. What has been your experience as a couple? And we didn't mention that you have twin baby identical girls. So they have this beautiful caramel skin. Yeah. And another baby on the way. Yep. So um, what has kind of been your experience as a couple as you have walked through these last months in the year? And we started this conversation the other day and I had to uh, look back and be like, you know what? We've been pretty blessed. Yeah. There have not been any overt or um, I would even say subtle um, hints of like racism or bias. And I think the subtle part is something I'd be looking for. Mm. You know, could over it, everyone can see it. And, um, but the subtle, maybe Kara would miss what I would catch. Mm-hmm. And I've had friends, uh, he was actually one of the groomsmen in my wedding. He's Mexican, she's Italian. And he would tell you, like, and they would tell you of their, you know, like experiences with being a multiracial couple and feeling like, oh, what? Why, why are they treating us this way? But I've, so those feelers have been out and I have not felt anything, which is really a blessing. It is know? a blessing. Yeah. And what do you think, if you just look at your surroundings, because you're in a very healthy church, 
Um, but you live in a very urban part of Chicago, not inner city, but yeah. definitely urban probably compared to where all yeah. of we live here in Cincinnati. Yeah. What do you think can point to that? Do you think it is the community that surrounds you or do you think, um, I don't know. What do you think it is? Gosh. Um, well, I want to say, uh, in our church, like I want to say we are intentionally relational Mm -hmm. um, and there is a love for the nations. Mm -hmm. Like um, there's a love for missions and uh, just the nations to see people be saved, uh, like international adoptions or whatnot. So there's a love for multiculturalism. So it was never sense of like we want to be intentionally I never got that sense of want to be intentionally you know uh, um, respectful to race and I don't think that was ever on the forefront it was like God loves the nations Mm. you know and this is probably before Carrie's time but if we would have um, people from uh, Venezuela uh, our pastor would let us know a couple of weeks beforehand and be like, and say like, okay, they're from Venezuela. Here's some customs that they're going to be used to, or here's how you say, you should learn a few words in Spanish just to greet them, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So there was always, I feel like uh, a bridge to connect to the nations and that our pastor kind of was that bridge of like, this is how you begin that conversation. Mm -hmm. And we've always had, I think we've always had, uh, I think one of our first dates together, Carrie, was at our church, and we had um, some people from Africa, and uh, they had an African dinner for them, mm. you know, and uh, she was invited mm-hmm. because they're like, well, you have a connection to Africa, so you can help kind of like bridge the gap, and mm-hmm. I was just kind of there, cause, not because I looked African, just because I was dating her. So, right, know, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. It was just, I think at our church, it, it's never been about race so much. It's God loves the nations. Mm. He loves all people. Yeah. And um, so, that yeah, I would say that, that's been a good foundation. Um, and we do life together. Uh, and when I say do life together, it's kind of like, uh, we had a great dinner conversation mm-hmm. yesterday. And I would say, it's like that at our church, mm-hmm. you know, pretty frequently, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of delving into that kind of fellowship where it's no longer, you know, like all the labels blur. So mm. like yesterday it could have been like pastor, pastor's wife, newly married couple, mm-hmm. all that flew. It's just like, we're just people, we're just right. sinners and this is where I'm at, yeah. you know? And yeah. so what connects all these different people? It's the gospel. Yeah. You know, that's like the standard. Um, and we're like, man, I fall short of the standard, but it's okay. I'm learning. And uh, I think that's the, how we kind of like fellowship in our church where it's like, you know, uh, it uh, it's easy in that sense to, it's easier in that sense to have some conversations than in other spaces where there isn't that foundation of, hey, you're a sinner and we can fellowship because you know, we're saved by grace. That's it. Right. So I love that you just said we're learning 
because I want to believe, I know that I can say this for Andy and myself and for leaders within our church, that 2020 was a year of listening and learning. Mm. And I, I also want to believe that as we have listened and learned that we can now move forward into 2021 as doing. So if you were, if, if I were to say, hey, hypothetically, I'm married to a white pastor and we're leading a church. How can we do this well? What would be guidance from your perspective? I would say like at the path of being a good learner is to kind of understand that you're always going to be listening, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, I think of relationships, especially the race. I, I like to think of it as marriage. Like I can't say, okay, I spent the first year learning my wife. I'm good mm. because she's going to develop. She's going to change. There's going to be things brought that are that in that first year nothing triggered something from the past that maybe now in the fourth or fifth year, something triggered from the past. And you're just like, what is that? So I've got to learn again. Um, and when I think about it, it's really like our relationship with the Lord where the Pharisees are like, Hey, you know, you shouldn't be picking grain on the Sabbath. And Jesus is like, did you read about David? Mm. You know? So it's always this like, you think you understand, then you have to like re-understand. So it's like this relearning and that's a relationship. That's like, that's the foundation of like how like we, when you think of like heaven, it's like, man, it's probably going to be us being with the Lord and just the unfolding of his heart for like millions and millions and millions of years called infinity, you know? Um, And I just think the first year of learning will probably progress to like more learning and yeah. more relationships, like authentic relationships. And um, it's just going to be more listening, more learning. And then as you continue to learn and listen, then that like, I think it'd be kind of organic in like what you do. Yes. I, perfect example. I have a, a Asian friend. So I'm really blessed by his friendship because growing up, it's always been like black and white, black and white, black and white, and maybe Hispanic. Um, but Asian people, I never really grew up with. I never really understood their perspective. So we like connected through the gospel, through our church and I trust his heart, you mm. know? So, mm-hmm. um, I think one time I had a grievance. I was like, Oh, you know, I went to whole foods and I was like, I was followed. I could feel like I was mm. being followed. And the guy was a a black uh, security guard and he's like you know ray you're wearing all black it's kind of scary <laughs> and i'm just like i uh wasn't offended because i just kind of took pause and i just looked at what i was wearing i was like i am wearing all black that would be a little scary now wouldn't it <laughs> you know because in the context now i'm now that I've sat and like learned from him, like, oh, looking at it from a different perspective, mm-hmm. I know outside of that uh, Whole Foods, there are homeless people, you know? So that security guard is just like, who is this guy, you know? Um, and I and I ride my bike, so there's probably like mud stains, salt stains. So I probably looked like suspect. Um, but I can receive that from him because it's like, oh, I trust your heart. You know, we fellowships in a way where I know you're out for my good. And, well, okay. So now I purpose to wear more color, you know, um, because if 
that is something that he could say, hey, you know, that looks a little weird. And I can agree. Yeah, if I saw someone wearing all black, too, I might be a little freaked out, too. So I'll wear more color. And that was healthy to receive that. Yeah. I love our conversation that we had about community because if you are leading in a church and you're reading, I mean, we've read lots of books this year. We've listened to a lot uh, to a lot of uh, voices. We've gotten deep into the scripture and some churches have intentionally, and this is what we talked about last night. Some churches have intentionally, and it's not just about the church, but people, Christians, whomever have intentionally tried to expand their community mm-hmm due to some kind of diversity. And it could be, hey, I'm going to add more people of color into my community, or I'm going to add more people of socioeconomic backgrounds into my community, or I'm going to add whatever the diversity definition is into my community. But what we were talking about last night is if the intent of that is just to like check boxes that, okay, now my percentages are all even, that that doesn't create authenticity. So speak to that a little bit, because I thought what you said, because your church is, well, give us the breakdown of your church. I'll say probably, uh, Carrie, you can chime in too. Um, I think it's predominantly white Americans, um, but because of adoptions or foster care, there's a lot of children in our church of color and of different backgrounds. Um, You know, we're... There's probably only like three black men in the church, but um, but our church is diverse in other ways, like in age differences. Um, what else would you say, honey? I mean, our um, background, like our culture. Just to pinpoint like the adoptions. So it's really kind of cool. So as you're like, maybe it's a church picnic and you see the kids playing. So you see this like brown colored kid. He's from Ethiopia. They, you know, un- Asian girls, they're like from Vietnam. Vietnam. Um, Then there's like a little Asian boy. He's from, uh, where is he from? He is from China. Two black kids, they were adopted like uh, stateside. And then you see like our girls. And it's just like, dude, that's a cool, that's cool. I think that that next generation is just like, that's cool. And then they're like, well, how did that happen? Because, you know, the generation before them looks pretty white. It's, I I think it goes back to that, what we said before, like just that, heart for the nations that God loves all people. And then now you see this next generation. It's like, dude, they're all the nations. Yeah. And you were talking about how your community, and we've talked a lot about your church because specifically you two, your church is your community. It's your social circle. It's your spiritual circle. It's your uh, support circle. Mm -hmm. So that's why we just, for those listening, that's why we kind of keep talking about the church because that's how yours truly is. Um, But talking specifically about community and the authenticity, you referenced that it really comes down to like the heart for the savior versus a heart for a platform or a movement. Yeah. So expand on that a little bit. Um, You know, I, I think of it like as uh, it's the gospel really. Mm -hmm. It's the gospel that's going to, it's the gospel that changes people. Yeah. And because we are so blind to um, what we're blind to, you know? Yeah. And it's, I think of it like as a marriage, you know, you, I thought I was okay. I thought I was actually a pretty organized person before I got married. <laughs> and then I got married and I was like, dude, I'm not organized at all. Um, and I needed that uh, 
insight. Um, and so in that marriage, my wife sees the best and the worst of me. I see the best and the worst of her. Um, so I think of like relationships racially and American history, there's a lot of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. There is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, little, a lot of great, awesome things where you see like, dude, that's awesome. Like mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the Lord doing that. Um, so when I think of that in the light of the gospel, I think, you know, Jesus came and he died for, uh, like God gave America this platform, you know, um, and he saw what was going to happen. He mm-hmm. sees what is happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if we really want to, if someone's heart is to really be, have a diversity and like a reconciliation, I don't think it's going to be like, well, you're black, you're white. Let's have a black and white conversation. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, you know what? I'm a sinner mm-hmm. and you're a sinner too. And look at all this sin and all this junk, but our savior died for us. Mm-hmm. So we can relate to each other in that. And that's the connection. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. we know, look and at our church. That's the reconciliation. Yeah. It's the reconciliation. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Cause really when I think of my, my wife and I, completely very different background we like different social circles like i'm first like first generation immigrate like that's my mm-hmm. family story yeah. and her family's been here since what the great depression i don't know <laughs> I a, the, long time. Long time. Yeah, a long, long time. time yeah and so like what connects us it's the gospel you know mm-hmm. it's our heart for the lord and that's how we even entered into the same circle and that's how we continue to like reconcile each day um so I don't know. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. If anyone's offended, I apologize. But I, I don't think anything outside of Jesus, like, and admitting that, hey, I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. What we've done is wrong. But, and you can recognize your sin as well. But wait a second. There's so much more. He died for us because there's great hope, yeah. you know? So now we can like connect on that, mm-hmm. you know? And if there's that humility, if there's that forgiveness, if there's that learning um, and receiving, then I don't, then there will be, you know, as uh, we continue to grow in our relationship, we will prick each other. Yeah. But it'll be like, ow, that hurts, you know? Oh, it did hurt. I, I apologize. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's move forward. Mm-hmm. This is, it's, it is that reconciliation. It's the gospel that yeah. keeps us together. What do you think we as a nation can do to just move forward? I think um, prayer. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to be prayer. Um, praying for a revival. Um, because I think, I know, when people get touched by Jesus, you start to live differently. Everything yeah. changes. Every Everything changes. Mm-hmm. So then you can like see like, yeah, I'm a prideful person. I'm prideful in my marriage. Yeah, I'm a prideful person. Like I'm prideful in my business practices. Wow. Like I have business practices that can, that really are just like kind of are systematically racial. Mm-hmm. You can receive that and be like, dude, this is wrong. Lord, forgive me. I'm going to change my ways, mm-hmm. you know, and then you move on with your life. Um, so I think prayer is huge. Um, I think for those of us who are Christians, I think it's that 
being on guard of this like soundbite generation, you know, right now where it's like, okay, I got a little piece of information here. I got a little piece of information here. Now I'm going to conclude it on my own. And now I have enough perspective, even if I have a PhD or uh, MED in this cultural perspectives, or if I can go teach, you know, different um, venues about how to be diverse. But really, it's like the Holy Spirit has to like infiltrate that, you know, infiltrate all of our knowledge and teach us how to like navigate like yeah. um and really infiltrate um some hard years mm-hmm. you know some hard moments um some hard history some hard history yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I, it has to be like okay all right if you are feeling i think if you're feeling stirred up as a christian to be more diverse great that is awesome i think that's really good um, but I would, I think my ear would itch to hear like, how is the Holy Spirit leading you to now implement this? Mm. Like where, like, cause nobody wants to feel like, Hey, I just got, I just write, invited Ray and Carrie to our church and, hey, <laughs> like a like, you know, yeah. like take a picture with us <laughs> and it's on can our we Facebook put you on page. our social media? Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, <laughs> I think that's probably the sad part where I think a lot, I think because during this time a year ago, a couple of friends um, were like, hey, can we have a conversation? Can we talk? And I said to Carrie, you know what? I'm actually happy that they want to talk. That's awesome. I love that. But there's a little part of me that's a little sad that they, it took this. Want to talk now. They want to talk now. Yeah. You know? Um and I had the same ignorance, you know, if like, uh, if all of a sudden like, hey, it's, yeah, I, I know I could do the same thing. Um, but I think if you're being intentional, being relational, loving people, loving the nations, um, you'll listen. Yeah. You'll listen to people's stories and be like, dude, maybe wearing black is scary. Wear some more color. Well, and I think a couple things you just said there that I think were profound. One was you are absolutely right that this is a soundbite generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely right. Because they live in 60 second increments on social media. I mean, everything, because we've got kids who are in it and and we're in it too, but I mean, they're in it. They've never known not being in it and everything. I mean, Every clip on TikTok, every clip on Instagram, they're all 60 60 second increments. So they are sound bites. And that is not enough context Mm -hmm. to form an opinion, Mm -hmm. to build a relationship, to move forward with any type of progression. Yeah, so true. And uh, the other thing that you said was um, continuing to learn as we continue to grow. And I think that if we are in the position of why are we having the conversation now? Why did it take this upheaval in our country to have the conversation now? We learn from that and we say, all right, we probably could have done a better job for the last X number of years, but moving forward, we are going to be more intentional to having these conversations because we love each other Mm. and not because we need to add another 
black conversation to our day or another Asian conversation to our day. I agree. It has to be genuine. Yes. (laughs) Otherwise, it's just like you're meeting an agenda that you have for yourself or your church or something. Yeah. Like relationships have to be genuine. You can feel it if it's not, you know. So So you've got these beautiful girls and another Mm -hmm. question mark on the way. Uh, What is your hope for their future? I mean, we want them to love Jesus. Um, Actually, when we were getting engaged and Ray asked my dad's um, hand in marriage, Ray, or my dad asked Ray, like, well, how are you going to raise the girls? Like, what is their identity going to be? You know, because he was a little concerned with um, us being different races and whatnot. And Ray said their identity, our prayer is that their identity is going to be in Jesus Christ. And it still is. We pray for them every day that they would come to know Jesus at a young age. So, yeah, yeah I love that's, that. Yeah, that's just the truth. Because really, when you talk to like missionary kids, and they don't have an identity that's national, right? You know, it's just like they love Jesus. Yeah. And like, and I remember talking to a missionary kid, and I'm just like. I think I, I'll just throw myself out under the bus and be like, I was like, listen, I don't understand this, you know? So if I cut you, what would you bleed? I said that. It was crazy. Um, and she's like, um, Sorry, kids. Uh, uh, I just, just, I'm just a Christian. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. And it's that moody. Because you know, I just didn't get it. I just didn't yeah. understand it. And now I, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, Jesus of the world, not, you know, God and country, mm-hmm. you know, I believe, you know, God and country is like way down there. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. so. Well, Ray, you are a gift to our family. Oh. I just love the time that we get to spend with you just receiving your wisdom. And we didn't mention that Ray is a teacher. And so our kids get to benefit from just listening to you in your loving uncle way of just teaching them and pouring into them. And I wish that we lived closer so that we could have more of these times together, but I am grateful for you. I know our family is grateful for you and um, I'm excited to see those little beautiful babies and what they turn into as well. So, and thanks for speaking into this. I really have loved just the, in your words, organic conversations that we've had over the past few days. And that's why I wanted to, turn the mics on and share these conversations with those listening. But at the end of every podcast, I ask a few questions. Um, Really this, this kind of stemmed out of a desire for me to recognize the promises that God has already given us in scripture. So I ask every guest, if there is a verse out of scripture where you have found purpose in, in the promises that God has given us, what is that verse? And it doesn't have to be, you know, it could be one for the season or one for your life. Um, for me, for this last season, um, has been like Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by, in prayer and petition, present your, with Thanksgiving, I think, <laughs> present your request to God and the peace of God will, um, transcend your heart and mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, various things have caused some anxiety in my heart and mm-hmm. just have clung to that verse. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'll say Proverbs. Three, verse 5 through 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's mine. 
for life um, because I think kind of speaking once again to this generation and that that it's like our time period in this time period we want to take our little bits of information you know our research and say okay we're gonna do this and we're, we're gonna make this happen um and i just think of like joshua and the angel of the lord comes up and he's like well you for us or against us and he's like no and <laughs> you're like you didn't really answer the question um and i just think of it like as you know what lord i need to submit to you you know and in this time and really in every season every decision like there's a way that you have for me for my life for this season for the future that i need to tap into um or else i'm gonna mess it up Mm. you know because i think of uh, you know, Eve at the in the garden. You know, yeah. Psst, hey, you know, did God say <gasps> he did? Wait, I think that looks really good to eat. And you know, she she thinks like she came up with this idea on her own. Mm-hmm. And so remembering that, hey, I never was intended to do things on my own. Mm-hmm. Like it was like the Lord's like, hey, I want to bless you by being in relationship with you and to show you how many things he I can do through you. And you'd be like, whoa, yeah. cool. So, and that's yeah. what I love is that the promise is already there. You both just mentioned them. Yours was with Thanksgiving, make your request known and he will give you, there's the promise. He will give you peace. And yours was trust him in all your ways with all your heart mm. and he will make your path straight. Yeah. And yeah. we miss him. We miss yeah. him all the time. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So thank you. Those are good. Thank you. Mm. And for fun, mm. what do y'all love? I mean, yeah. I know you're just up to your eyes in the world of raising babies. They're just yeah. one. I love being outside oh. and hiking. Yes, you do. Even like with the girls. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, love my family. I'm not going to lie. Mm. They are definitely a gift. Uh, I love it when... There's these moments where Carrie's doing something funny and the girls are laughing at mm-hmm. them or they're laughing or was the last week we we're all eating dinner and for like a couple of moments we were just eating and um, instead of us feeding them. Yeah, um, right. And it was just like, this is really cool. Thank you, Lord. And now they're uh, walking. Yeah, I yes. know. So yeah, just mm. being with my family and just... You're like, Lord, thank you for all this. And this is the Let It Be podcast. So Mm -hmm. if there was one prayer that each of you could have answered, what would it be? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, Not going to lie. It would be that uh, this side of heaven, on the other side of heaven, I'm seeing all of you, your kids, like Mm -hmm. mom, dad, you know, Stephen and his family, my family, and just be like, dude, like, we're all here. Like, mm. that's pretty cool. You mm-hmm. know, like our grandkids and be like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Mm. That's like, that. Mm. that's my one prayer. Yeah. yeah. I love that yeah. verse. And I don't know the reference. It says there's no greater joy than for a parent to see their children walking with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And what's yours, Carrie? Well, 
Mine was less spiritual. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. And just something that's actually on my heart right now is that, you know, just that we've been praying for a house. Mm. Just like God would give us a house. Mm-hmm. A house in Chicago. Yeah. Are hard to find. <laughs> yes. It's a hard market right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we will pray that with you Thanks. for both of your prayers. Let it be. Yeah. Well, I love you guys. I love that I'm seeing these little tender tears as you love each other. And I love to watch your relationship grow. And I really am just so grateful to be looking at your life through um, being a whole stage of life ahead of you. So it's a real honor to just see it grow and see your love for the Lord. And I know your girls are going to reflect that too. So thanks thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Can I pray real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Would love that. Um, Lord, I just thank you for um, being a God of reconciliation. Mm. You reconciled us to you and you reconcile us to one another. And I just thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you that um, in you, we're just your children Mm -hmm. and we can relate as brothers and sisters. There's no titles. It's not even married or unmarried. There's none of that. Mm -hmm. It's just you and us, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, that we can fellowship in your name. And we just pray, Lord, for continued revelation of how to navigate in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, And we uh, ask for wisdom because we need wisdom. And we ask for grace because we need grace to see Mm -hmm. where we are um, blind. And when we do see it, Lord, give us the grace to repent and to move on. Um, and Lord, just, yeah, just thank you. I just mm-hmm. pray bless, blessings upon those who are listening, um, blessing upon the hostess. Mm-hmm. And uh, just thank you. Thank you for being an awesome, great God. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ray. Yeah. Much love to both of you. Yeah. Thanks for joining me and my guests, Ray and Carrie, in this conversation that we will continue to have. I think my favorite thing that Ray said was that this is a learning process. It's not something that we learn and then we do and then we're done. But we will continue to listen. We will continue to speak out of a place of love for one another. And we will continue to learn. Even scripture has something to say about being a continued learner. In Psalm 25.5, it says, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are my God and Savior. My hope is in you all day long. And in Colossians 3.16, it says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. You can stay up to date with me at Becky Ziegenfuss, that's Z-I-E-G-E-N-F-U-S-S on all the social media platforms and tune in next week for the next episode of the Let It Be podcast.